You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. At any size soft drink for just a dollar, and you get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Blog Talk Radio. One, two, one, two. One. One, two, one, two. See you guys. Not playing, man. All right. Wait a minute. Oh, Let me take it All right.
good evening, and welcome back. Welcome back again to Blessing by the Grace of Radio. Tonight is our Thursday night food for the soul, Bible studies, and just, 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 we are back in another Thursday night. Thank you for your patience. We've not been on for two months, but we're back to tonight. It is Thursday night, our food for the soul, Bible study sessions, and yes, tonight, the doctor is in, ready, willing, and able to preach and teach the word of God to you, the unadulterated gospel, the way the Lord gave it to her. So we again say welcome back. We are so elated to have you, and we appreciate you for being here with us tonight. You are the breath of fresh air that we needed while we were on our absence, but now that we're back, so we say thank you, thank you, thank you. We are back. We're here to stay, and we want you to know that we want you to be here with us forever and ever, too, because we appreciate you for being on the air with us and for following us and sharing us and downloading us and telling anybody you can about us, because that makes our hearts glad that we're able to do the will of God. God is a magnificent God. If you know that way, you know that, you better ask somebody who knows. Ask me, ask anybody who can tell you the goodness of the Lord, because he is a good, he's good, he is really, really good, because he woke you up this morning and he started you on the Joe way. That means that he breathed the breath of life into you to wake that you up because he got the purpose and the plan for your life. That's the why he woke you up this morning. So we're just so elated for you to be able to be on the air today. And we'll be back again next week for prayer on Wednesday. We do it last night. And we'll be back again next week and every Wednesday and Thursday. For prayer and Bible study every week, we're going to be back, back, and back. We're just elated tonight. I'm just so grateful that we're back. I missed all of you guys when I was not on the air with you in Reginaland, and I'm just so elated. We just want to thank every sponsor who sponsors us tremendously, who puts your show out there to let the us be what it is right now. But before we thank all the sponsors, we got to thank Jesus, because without him, we are nothing. But with God, everything is possible. As you see, I'm back on the air two months away, and now I'm back, 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 and I'm so elated. What the now, the doctor was in, and he will break it down, the word, the life of tonight. Are you ready? Because I know I am ready to feast spiritually. Ladies and gentlemen, our speaker of the hour, the doctor is in, and he will teach you now. The Honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred DeMar. God blessed you all. God bless you and ready your land tonight. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice therein. Amen, amen. We are back. Amen. On tonight. Amen. Last night was our first night of being back on. And the young lady, amen, that you're hearing, amen, tonight is the same young lady, amen, that you've been hearing all the time bringing on uh, our broadcast. I want to say, amen, uh, through this tragedy thing that happened, COVID-19, my granddaughter went and took a shot. And I want to say, amen, 
the reason she is talking like she is now, uh, that shot infected her whole body. I thank God, amen, that she is talking as well as she is now, but I just want to let you know out there in Radio Land, amen, that is, amen, Sister Kitasha, that speak very clearly and plainly as she bring us on radio. And I'm going to ask you, amen, uh, is to pray for her that God will return her voice back to her, amen, as it was, amen, that she had in the beginning. She will let you know that we love you and we miss you very, very much. Praise the Lord. God bless you and with you on This is Dr. Moore. Amen. Coming to you tonight. Amen. Thank God. Amen. For all of those that stayed with us, praise the Lord, and and prayed for us. Amen. We are back tonight. Hoping we can encourage you. Amen. With the word of God. We're going to come to you tonight. Amen. From the book of St. Matthew, chapter 13 through 16. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. It reads and says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savior, wherein shall it be salty? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trumped under the feet of man. You are the light of the world. A city that is sitting on a hill and cannot be hid. Neither do man light a candle and put it under a bush, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Say, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wild of the devil. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil days and have done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your lines girdly bound with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shine with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the word of God. Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all preservedness and supplication for all sakes. Living as a Christian in 2021, living as a Christian, As a Christian, we are called to live a life that is different from those who do not claim the name of Jesus. We are actually witness of our faith, and we strive to live above the sinful lust of this world. Because we have been called out of darkness into his marvel light. Paul says in Ephesians 4 and 1, I am therefore the prisoner of the Lord. I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called. Living as a Christian. In 2021, we must, amen, let the world know that the Lord has made a difference in our lives. We have been called out of the darkness of this world into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. We have to live our lives before others that are not Christians. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We live in strength, not in weakness, but in strength. How great is our God. Walk worthy of the vocation wherein the Lord has called us. We want to walk, amen, worthy. That we may please the Lord. And when we say that we are Christians, we have something to show that we are different from the world. What does it mean to be a Christian in this day and time? If we claim this highest, the highest of this title. When you say that I am a Christian, you claim me one of the highest titles that there is. You're saying that I have been separated from this world. Now I live for the Lord. Yet I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. What difference should it make in our lives as being a Christian. Those are not a simple question that should be answered quickly or easily. Rather, these questions from the base of how we will act out our Christian faith in the world. 
When you say that you are a Christian, make sure that you are obeying the commandments of Jesus. Make sure you put the difference between clean and unclean, holy and unholy. Three times the term Christian appeared in the New Testament. It is found in Acts 11 and 26. Acts 26 and 28. And 1 Peter 4 and 16. His etymology is unclear. But Luke tells us that it was first used in Antioch and was undoubtedly a term first used indirect to mark the disciples. In Antioch, they call the disciples Christian. And Christian mean a man that you are following the one that you call Jesus Christ. You don't do the thing that you normally used to do. You're the life now that you have chosen, you're imitating Jesus. And that is why, amen, you have been set aside to be called a Christian. But the time quickly became acceptable by the church. Only a few short years later, Peter exalted the believers not to be ashamed to suffer as a Christian. Let you know, amen, there was a difference in a Christian life and those that was not a Christian. The Christian was going to be talked about, and in many cases, it was going to be disliked by the children of the world. But Peter said, don't be ashamed because you suffer as a Christian. Don't let that make you feel less important of who you are because you suffer as a Christian. Christian means I'm like Christ. And you know what they did to Jesus Christ. He said, if they hated the green tree, you know they're going to hate the dry tree. But a Christian is not ashamed of their lives. Or let me say, you should not be ashamed of your life if you're really living for Jesus. No matter where you go, who you are among, and what position they hold, you ought to acknowledge that Jesus is your Lord. The term Christian came from Latin, and it ended in Ion, meaning that the soldier of a particular general. So in essence, the term mean the following of Christ or a soldier of Jesus Christ. 
Are you really a soldier of Jesus? Are you in the army of the Lord? This is how the early church was. They saw itself. And so the term was acceptable. I am a Christian. I have been set aside. Meet for the master use. But what does it mean in everyday life to become a Christian? We sing so easily the song, I've been changed. I've been made new, born again. All of my life has been rearranged. What a difference it makes seeing the Lord come to stay in my heart. Oh, yes, I've been changed. But what is the change? How you been changed? We speak it with our mouth, but sometimes our heart is far from the real change. The writers say they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Make sure you understand what a Christian means. When you say, I am a Christian, the different amen is described by Paul. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Other words, Paul was saying, I don't do the thing that I would want to do. I don't obey my flesh. My flesh is crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He said he lives. But yet not I, but it's Christ that lives within me. Are you sure tonight that you are a Christian? Are you sure tonight Jesus is living within you? Paul spake that from Galatians 2 and 20. The different amen in the Christian is the life of Christ living out through us each day. Are you letting the life of Christ live out through you each day? Or do part of the day you let, let your flesh rise? Are you becoming Come to be carnality. Do you keep Jesus on your mind all the time? Let Christ, let him live. In one sense, we do not celebrate a life that has been changed. Rather, a life that has been exchanged. It is that exchange life that allows us to be different. Oh, it's quite a different when you come to Jesus Christ. When you live in the world and doing the things of the world, 
and all of a sudden you decide to come to Jesus Christ, everything changed. The old things that you used to do, you just don't want to do them anymore. The old places that you used to go swing out, you just don't want to go there no more. The old friend that you used to hang out with, you don't want to hang out with them anymore. To be in Jesus Christ means that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Living before others. We have to live before others. The scripture set in for us today is what is known as a Sermon on the Mount. We have recorded by both Matthew and Luke, first teaching of Jesus preserved for us in the scripture. There is something significant about the first message given by a teacher. It tends to contain all the truths that he believed and wished to pass along to his followers. So in the Sermon on the Mount, we found the core of the teaching of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus, he came proclaiming. He taught us about the kingdom of heaven and what the kingdom of heaven would be like. Now remember at that time, amen, he was walking on earth among them the Holy Ghost had not been yet given. But they were telling him how it would be when you come to be a Christian. When you come to be believing in me, how your faith was going to change. Someone has observed that if one could take all the great philosophies, thoughts of all time, and have the greatest poet condemned down onto Rome. It would fall far short from the simple beautifulness of the Sermon on the Mount. This teaching shows, amen, to us the essential of a Christian life. He gives us the base of how we should live in this world. We're living to please Jesus Christ. We're not living to please the world. But we are living to please him that come and gave his life for our sin. Salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. And if you know anything about salt, salt is very tasty. Salt is an amazing chemistry. It consists of two separated components, sodium and charain, either of which, if taken by itself 
it would be poison. But when they are combined, they form the substance that is essential to our survival. Salt is very important. If we didn't have any salt, amen, on, on, on earth, I, I think we would be in pretty bad shape. So Jesus is reckoning our lives to salt. Many people, amen, have used salt as a symbol of a Christian life. We are to season the world. When you talk to people, amen, about Jesus Christ, you ought to, amen, have some salt in your conversation. It just ought not be mere words, but they ought to be tasting something. When you tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ, Jesus used it in his sermon on the mountain. For it are many metaphors that can draw, can be drawn. It is a preserving agent, self-preserved. I can remember the time, amen, that when people did not have a refrigerator or deep freezer, they had what you call an icebox. And sometimes they didn't even have an icebox. They had a tub. And they would take that meat. And they would put that meat down in that tub and sprinkle salt all over it. And that salt would preserve that meat. I never understood how it did, but it would preserve that meat. That meat wouldn't go bad. So salt is a preserver. It's a preserving agent. It is a purifying substance. It purifies. And salt adds a flavor to an otherwise blend food. Now, amen. I am, I, 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 I am addicted to salt. Sadly to say, amen, I love salt. And if you don't give me no salt on my food, amen, it, it just don't taste right. You ought to have something, amen, when you eat it, it ought to be tasteful. And salt brings out the flavor, amen, in many foods when it is used properly. But there is another example of salt, that, we, that, amen, we as Christians should also consider salt make people thirsty. Now, praise the Lord, if you, if you, amen, take enough salt, you won't want something to drink. It makes people thirsty. Now, you are the salt of the earth. You ought to give them, amen, the word of God, so they can come to be thirsty. Amen. And, and, and if you be thirsty, you're going to drink. You ought to drink from the fountain of life that is, amen, from Jesus Christ. Our lives 
before others should be a life that show Father Christ life in us. Our life ought to present Jesus Christ in us. It's not about us. It's not about what I want you to do, uh, amen, what I want you to believe. Our lives ought to show nothing but Jesus Christ in us to you. To finish, amen, the verse in Galatians 2 and 20, Paul wrote, And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. I, the life that I live now in this old flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. We are here tonight by faith. Who loved me? Yes, he loved me and he loved you. And he gave himself for me. He gave himself for us all. As we have exchanged our lives for the life of Christ. Young men, young women, have you exchanged your life for the life of Christ? Or are you just saying, I love the Lord, but you haven't changed your way? Well, I'm going to tell you, if you haven't changed your ways, you haven't changed your life. If you've done the same thing that you were done before, amen, you said you knew Jesus and you've done the same thing, well, you haven't changed. When you come to Jesus, there is a change come in your life. I don't care how young you is. People don't have assimilation where that's a young man and that's a young girl. All through the Bible, all through time, young people have lived and dedicated their lives to Jesus. So that is without an excuse. We present him to the world through the life that he lives in us. The sound simple, but it is the very Reason that Paul wrote, I die daily. You got to die. You got to crucify this old flesh daily. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care, amen, who you are. If you don't crucify this flesh daily, that the devil, amen, will get into your life. The devil will talk to you if you don't crucify your flesh. If you don't kill the thoughts, amen, that come up in your mind, the devil will take over. I die daily in ourselves. We may have charm. We may have wit, charismatic, and all these characteristics that many people want to be around us. But until we have Christ, Alive in us, we will not credit, we will not create in others a thirst for him. A well-known poem explained, if we don't have Christ within us, you can't call nobody else to want Jesus Christ. If they can't see a difference in your life, 
Why would they want to come? And accept Christ as their Savior. You are the light of the world. Some people can learn from the sermon they hear. And some read the scripture through. But for most here below, all the Bible they knew is the gospel according to you. Somebody ain't going to learn the word of God but reading your life. Your life. Your life. That's why it is so important for you to live what you're talking about because your life can influence somebody else. The light of the world. This is a metaphorical term that Jesus used to describe the Christian was that we are the light of the world. Many times, amen, I have experienced in my life, I go, amen, among people, and I don't know what they'd be exactly talking about before I get there, but when I get there, there comes a great hush. And I was wondering for a long time, why is that great hush? But a light come into the room. Above, a switch, I know. When you go among people, amen, a light of the tunnel, that's a man, or that's a woman of God. But when you can go before mankind and they never change their conversation, your light ain't so bright. This metaphor, amen, that Jesus used to describe the Christian was that we are the highest light of the world. I mean, not just the light, but the highest light. In our understanding of this truth, we must remember that we can produce spiritual light on our own. Are you letting your light shine? Are you producing spiritual life to others? We can only reflect the light that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. Just as the moon does not generate light, but reflect the light of the sun, so we also reflect the light of the Son of God to the world. We reflect the light of Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. And amen, through him, amen, he give us a light. We are not the light, but he's the light. And our light reflects off of Jesus. In the time of taking, in the time it takes us to read a, uh, a program, 
39 people died without Christ. This is more than 5,400 people each hour who goes to meet God. Many of them without the knowledge of forgiveness of sin. We must let our light shine before men to warn them of the oncoming disaster that awaits the sinful world. We may not realize how important our light is, but if your light shines, amen, you can call somebody. It's determined from that disaster road that they're walking. They're on their way to hell, but if your light is only shining, they can see your light shine. You can help them get off a of hell road and come to follow Jesus. How great is our God. We're serving a great God. We are serving a great God. We have discussed that we have an exchange life in Christ. Yes, we have an exchange life. And I'm a witness, and I know there are billions of you out there in the witness, amen, that when you come to Christ, your life changed. Your life just changed. Your little girlfriend, the little boyfriend that you used to like and you used to court, praise the Lord, amen, and, and were living in sin, you just didn't do that no more. Your drinking, amen, your little beer and your little wine and, and ever what it was, amen, you didn't do it no more. Your life changed when you come to Jesus Christ. I can remember when I first got saved because I was a man on the street, did everything, amen, that I thought was big enough. Some of my friends say, oh, he ain't going to stay saved. It's too much out here we know it. He going to miss. He ain't going to stay saved. But God proved them a lie. God, every time they say that, it just strengthened me. Amen. It's a press on in Jesus that much more harder. Thank God. Amen. That's been many years ago. I'm still saved. I'm still trying to run on to see what the end's going to be. How we allow it to affect our day by day action depends on how we view God's ability in us. Is the Lord really living within you? Or, or do you really fear the Lord? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You honor and you respect him if you really fear him. But if you don't fear him, amen, you'll break his law. We may understand that God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omnipotent. We can intelligent acknowledge his nature and his character. But does this Knowledge affects how we live. We walk truly bold, strong, more effort because we know God's character. 
Unfortunately, many times it does not. We can intelligence about God, but at the same time, our experience with him should match our knowledge of him. Sometimes we know who he is, but it, it don't change us, amen, because we know he's omnipotent, omnipresent. Amen. It don't change us because we know he's all power. So we face the two questions that we must be answering. The first is, is God great in my life? Is he great in your life? And the second is the that question, if he isn't, how do I make him great? Is God great in your life? And if he's not great, how do I make him great? I want him to be great in my life. I want him to be all in my life. No more I, but it's the Christ that liveth within me. John says, when an amen Jesus was coming, he said, I'm decreasing. I'm getting out of the way. And I'm going to let him come. Amen. I'm going to let him increase. Let the light come forward. And let the shadow decrease. A person may ask, what difference does it make if God is great in my life or not? How I view him will not affect who he is or his ability. This is true in the large sense. God is God, and we as individuals will never be able to alter his nature or his character. We can't change God's nature. We can't change God's character. God is just who he is. He's a holy God. But how we view it, amen, his ability will help us to affect our respond to him. How we perceive his ability to change situations we face in circumstances and, and surrender. It's according to how we look at God, who God is. Amen. God is everything to me. And he can do all things, praise the Lord. We face the circumstances that surround us, uh, that live of those we pray will determine how we act. Again, we may all really profess that we have complete faith in God's ability. But do our lives really reflect that belief? That's the question. We say we got complete faith in the Lord, but does our lives reflect it? The question, amen, 
can only be answered by how we live in Christ. How do we live? How do you live? Do you give the Lord all of your life? Is he the priority in your life? Do you put him first in your life? First in everything, first in marriage, first amen, uh, on the job, first in everything. Do you put him first? We should consider what the Bible has to say about the greatness of God. God is great. Thank God. Amen. Now unto the king eternal, immoral, invisible, the only wise God be honored in glory forever and ever. First Timothy says, First Timothy, amen, one seventeen. Uh, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. Jude 1 and 25. God is great. How great thou art. How great is he. The Bible, amen, is repeated with the declaration of God's greatness. His power is unquestionable. His words speak his words speak the world into existence. Look how great God is. His words spoke the world into existence. Now, if you tell me that ain't powerful, I don't know what powerful is. He said, let there be light in their world light. My God, that is, that's powerful. I don't know nobody else can do anything like that. And now we are joined ours to that power. We, amen. He then gave us an opportunity to come to be joined out to his power. You are somebody in Christ Jesus. We are heirs to God. Yet, oh, too often we live below the poverty that is ours in Christ. We live below our privilege. We don't live up to, amen, our standards of where we're supposed to be in Christ Jesus. We're living beneath our blessings. We allow the enemy to keep us wandering in the swelling of sin. We allow the enemy, amen, to keep us, amen, wandering in sin. Don't be like, amen, the old sow. You watch an old sow, amen, but his nature, amen, is to be muddy. You watch him, amen, he can be clean. But as soon as he sees mud, he's going to run back, amen, and get muddy again. That's his nature. And the enemy, amen, want to keep us that way. The enemy don't want to see us clean. He wants us to wallow in sin. And I'm going to tell you sometimes, young people, amen, if you are in Christ Jesus and you happen to make a mistake, you happen to sin, don't lay there and wallow. Get up, brush yourself off, repent of that sin, ask the Lord. 
to forgive you, amen, and he will restore you. You don't have to be condemned about the thing if you ask him to forgive you and you believe that he will forgive you. He's faithful and he just is to forgive us of our sins. Don't leave there and wallow. Amen. In sin. Instead of our being uh, seated in the heavenly places with Christ, victory over sin is ours. Victory over sin is ours. We are free from the power of sin by Christ and the death. Jesus has freed us. Death has no more dominion over us. That was a time when we died. Death had, amen, dominion over our soul. But when Jesus Christ died, Jesus went down into Hades and he took dominion back. Death don't have dominion over us anymore. Death don't have rulership over us anymore. I'm talking about to the believer. Not the unbeliever, but to the believer. When we live in his victory over sin and death, we show forward, we show forth God's life to others. Still in darkness giving them hope of a free life. When you really live something, you know, the center man, he make my you. They say, thank God for you. Thank God we can look at you as an example. They know they ain't there, amen, but they be praising God for you. Because you're showing them that you don't have to live in darkness. You don't have to live in sin. The Bible says, what shall we say then? Shall we, talking about the Christian, shall we continue in sin that grace may by God forbid, amen, the saints of God is to continue in sin. When he done brought you out of sin, he don't want you going back into sin. If a person, amen, is not living this overcome life, how does he begin to be honored? There are no easy formal. It is no easy formal. There is no step-by-step guide that will work for everyone. But there are some guide principles that will help anyone. First, and perhaps more important is that we make God great in our life in directing proportion to how much time we spend in his presence. You make God great by spending time in his presence. Or you know how good God is if you spend some time in his presence. An active prayer life is an utmost importance. So if you got an active prayer life, majority don't want to pray, but uh, active prayer life 
will keep you strong with Jesus. I want you to remember tonight, amen. This is Dr. Moore saying you are the salt of the earth. God bless you until next week. Join Planet Fitness now through March 16th and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment in $22.99 a month. You'll enjoy an upgraded experience with tons of perks. Like access to more than 2,000 locations worldwide? Yep. Super soothing hydro massage chairs? Yes. Can I bring a friend every time? Sure. Can my friend be a horse? Mm, nay. Uh, sorry. Get the PF Black Card and feel fitzacular. Zero enrollment, $22.99 a month. Deal ends March 16th. See Club for details.